Whether I'm turkey hunting, scouting, or glassing for game, I never go into the woods without my Vortex Optics. With their VIP warranty, I can go with confidence because it'll replace any glass damaged in the woods. I dropped my binoculars out of the deer stand last fall, and Vortex got me fixed up and back in the tree in no time. Vortex makes the highest quality and affordable rangefinders, binoculars, and scopes on the market. Y'all check them out at vortexoptics.com. So the next morning, when I brought my hunter in, we got up in the woods. This guy thought I'd lost my mind. I made him take his boots off. Took his boots off, and we slipped in the dark real slow. I set him up just up the hill from that turkey. like, And I could hear him drumming on the limb. The other turkey started gobbling. And I waited till it got light, and I took that little slate call, and I went, squeak, squeak, I mean, he turned on the limb and gobbled right at us. And he pitched down and landed like 10 feet in front of this guy, and he shot him. You're listening to the Ozark Podcast. We sit down with men and women from the Ozarks that have a passion for the outdoors. Our aim is to listen, learn, and pass along their knowledge and experiences to help you become a better outdoorsman. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Ozark Podcast. You've got Kyle Veet on the mic as always. It is officially turkey season in the Ozarks. Let me just say this. It is not often that we get to welcome a guest of this caliber. If you Google his name, it officially says on Google, the most famous turkey hunter in the world. So get ready to hear from the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ray I. He's an Ozarks native with more turkey hunting accolades than you and I could ever shake a stick at. Whether you're a seasoned pro or a newbie, you do not want to miss this chance to learn from the best. Before we get to the episode, just wanted to take a second to say congratulations to Blake Coulter for winning the Spring Fishing Challenge. Blake caught eight different species, and he took home a brand new 22 caliber Umarex air rifle. Blake caught a black crappie, a white crappie, a spotted bass, a smallmouth bass, a long-eared sunfish, a bluegill, and then the two that I actually really loved seeing was a big eye shiner and a steel color shiner. Congrats. Way to go, Blake, and hope you enjoy the rifle. Now, let's get to the episode. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, I was real fortunate growing up because I grew up in a hunting family. And, you know, back in the day in the in the 1950s and 1960s, now I'm going to be telling my age here, yeah. uh, more of us were in rural or on farms. And my grandpa had a farm down in Iron County, and they did the restoration program of the wild turkey. And there was always wild turkeys on my grandfather's farm. So I was mm. real fortunate as a kid that I was around wild turkeys and heard wild turkeys and saw wild turkeys. Actually, uh when I was in like the third or fourth grade, I went down to my grandpa's uh, farm and uh, we were in a 57 Chevy driving down the road to go to the farm at the head of the holler there. And a bunch of turkeys flew up over the hood of the car and I did show and tell and told my teacher. And she took me out in the hall and told me I shouldn't lie to the class because turkeys were extinct. Uh, <laughs> they didn't realize that we had wild turkeys. Well, they did the trap and transfer of the wild turkey and they opened a season in Missouri in 1960. And uh, in 1962, I killed my first wild turkey in Missouri, because it, back in the day, which is hard, I thought about this today when I was going to be on here with you guys, is that the younger kids today probably don't uh, realize that back in the day when we were just uh, like six, seven years old, I was already sitting against the base of a tree during deer season with a gun by myself. And really? we hunted, uh, you know, I went in on, on a duck hunt with my dad and he carried me in on his shoulders. So we were around hunting all the time. And I remember being a little boy. And being in the woods and my grandpa and my dad showing me turkey scratchings and where the gob, where the turkeys had been on the ridge and what they were feeding on. 
So I heard turkeys gobble at a very young age when I was in grade school because I was around turkeys. And then, like I said, they did the restoration program. They opened the season. And I took my first wild turkey in 1962. And I continued learning through the 60s. And then the 70s, I decided to go to a turkey calling contest. And back then, for your younger listeners, back in those days, every community had a big turkey calling contest. Every Fredericktown, uh, Ironton, uh, uh, Viburnum, Missouri, Steelville, Missouri. Herman had the Missouri State Championship. Everybody had a calling contest and a big cookout and things like that. So yeah. I went to these calling contests. And uh, I entered some of those. And then I started winning some of those. And then people said, well, where do you, how do you do that call? And uh, I had handmade some calls, so I made some more of those, and a few people started buying them at contests. And next thing I know, a couple stores said, hey, can you bring those in? And I did. I'm trying, trying to give you a shorter version of this. And then yeah. uh, the local Walmart in Potosi and DeSoto, Missouri, said, hey, bring those calls in here that, that you're making, and we're going to put some in the store. So I did that. Then they called me and said, could you come in here and show people how to use these? So I went into the Walmart store in the mid-70s and was given demonstrations on how to use turkey calls. Wow, in the that's, store. that's way back. And it drew big yeah. crowds. You know, turkey hunting was fairly new in Missouri, and uh, people wanted to. And in those days, you know, we didn't have the electronic media. There was hardly any turkey hunting magazine articles, very sure. few articles about turkey hunting. You couldn't find any information on turkey hunting. So I was yeah. in the store doing a demonstration how to use the calls and got to talking to the, the turkey hunters. And a gentleman was standing back in a suit and a tie, and he was watching me. And when the crowd kind of dispersed, he came over. He says, uh, would you be interested in doing a seminar for the college? And I said, what's a seminar? And he said, well, <laughs> pretty much what you're doing, but we'll have people sit down and you get up and you teach them how to turkey hunt. I said, well, I can teach them how to turkey hunt. He said, the speaker we had scheduled can't make it, and we've got a program coming up in three weeks, and we need a speaker and want to see if you'd like to do it. So they threw me on stage at the college to do a seminar, and I was going down in flames. Of course, my buddy, you mentioned Ralph Dern. You've had him on your show. Yep. Ralph uh, put together a slideshow for me. I'd never seen a slideshow. So I got a slideshow. <laughs> some slides, and I'm like going down in flames. And so I told a story and everybody laughed. And then I just took off from there. So I did this, <laughs> this college seminar. So ended up at, at the colleges. I did colleges, junior colleges all over the state where, where uh, students would get a credit and get, you know, credit for doing the, the program and help help people, you know, get the uh, degrees in college and stuff by doing these shows. Mr. And, uh, Al, you're, you're telling me that you got a turkey credit. Like there was a time in American history where you got a turkey yes. credit in college. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yep. That's pretty cool. That so great. Yep, absolutely. And so I did those, and I and I went. I continued entering calling contests. In 1977, I flew to Hershey, Pennsylvania, for the first National Wild Turkey Federation National Convention, and that's when I got out of the state of Missouri and met, you know, Rob Keck. I met the Rom brothers. I mm. met uh, David and Harold Knight from Knight and Hale Calls. I met Jim Clay. I met all these people. And uh, became lifelong friends with them. And I traveled all the contests. We went to the contests. And then I would MC contests and do seminars and doing these all over the country. And it just expanded and grew from there. And as I continued to make calls, uh, I got calls in Walmart and all the national sporting goods stores and stuff. And then those calls, which at that time was Ozark Mountain calls, became Hunter Specialties HS Strut and continued okay, with that. Yeah. And then with, with HS Strut, then I went from, you know, Florida to New York to Oregon to California to you know, 300 seminars a year and yeah, promotions and traveling and stuff. But most of my hunting in the early days, of course, was me just hunting for myself. And then I called turkeys for friends and family. And then I started guiding and, and I guided paid hunters. Um, I did that for 
for several years. And then it, it all changed and I made it into media where I would just take the editor or, or writer from Outdoor Life, Field and Stream, American Hunter, and then radio and TV. And then as things progressed in the years, then it was everything. And, you know, all the electronic media, television. We used to do shooting television shows. We used to do those all over the country. And I left, you know, my grandma used to laugh and say, I can't believe that you get on an airplane and fly someplace to sound like a turkey. She couldn't believe I was doing this <laughs> stuff, you know. And I ended up hunting turkeys, you know, in the Yucatan Peninsula, down in uh, Mexico, uh, you know, all over the United States. I've hunted 48 states and, and Canada. I've hunted everywhere for turkeys. But And, I, and, and, and talking about all this, I, I still, I have to say, when it comes to the Ozarks, all those awesome places hunted Hawaii for 11 years love Hawaii hunted turkeys in Hawaii and all these different places beautiful places but there's still yeah. nothing nothing compares in turkey hunting in the Ozark ridges especially in the river hills here in an old gobbler at daylight in the Ozarks there's nothing just makes me gives me goosebumps just thinking oh about man it. you just gave me the chills too right <laughs> well this just this morning I was on the big piney river down in the Ozarks out of Licking Missouri listening to wild turkeys gobble this morning Golly, and it's just nothing awesome like it. you know and I've heard turkeys gobble all over America, and but there's just nothing like that to me. Well, let, let me ask you this, Ray. You know, f with a guy like you who's who's hunted really all over the world for these birds, what is it about the Ozarks specifically that just makes it, you know, that's the stuff for you? What is it about this area? Is it the is it the bird? Is it the habitat? What do you think it is? I think it's a combination of all those, the, the birds and I have to add. I, I got tickled some years ago when I hunted Wisconsin and Iowa and that I told them that I killed their, that turkey's grandpa down in the Ozarks because our turkeys came from the Ozarks into those states, you know, first into North Missouri, then into those different Illinois turkeys came from Missouri. Iowa's turkeys came from Missouri. But it's it's the hills. It's the history. Of course, I've got the history in the Ozarks because of my family roots in the right. Ozarks. And but it's those ridges. It's those those big hills and hollers and and. It's it's hand to hand combat. See, I had to learn in turkey hunting when you went out west at the prairies or you went, you know, open country. It was a different type of hunting. Uh, you have to adapt to the situation and type of terrain you're hunting. And in Missouri Ozarks, it was always get tight, get close, and you don't want to see him until you can shoot him. And most yeah. of all, all of the turkey hunting, I call it hand to hand combat because back in the day, probably the biggest percentage of turkeys that we killed were less than 20 yards, probably 10 yards most of the time because wow. he was under the hill, uh, lip of the hill, a bend in the logging road and things like that. And you had to, you had to hunt. It was steep and you had to hunt hard and you had to learn how to use the terrain to your advantage to set up on turkeys. Cause when I was a kid, I messed up continually. And those, those early lessons taught me later on how to hunt these turkeys. When I came in a, a holler and the turkeys were gobbling up on the ridge and I called to them down there, they gobbled at me, but they didn't come down to me, but they flew down yeah. on the ridge on top. And I learned by watching these turkeys where they flew up in the steep Ozarks, that's where I'd set up the next day. And I always set up tight, and I always did use the call. And I, I used the call a lot more than other people, and I was condemned for it for years because everybody said I was calling too much, I was making them call yeah. shy. And it always got me when I, they kept telling me I was doing it all wrong, but we always killed a turkey. It didn't make a lot of sense to me because <laughs> our guys yeah, were doing a turkey. It wrong, but it's working. I, I used a turkey call to locate turkeys, to roost turkeys, and and to, and to find out where the turkeys are are going after they leave the roost, I'll use a turkey call because they respond better to a turkey call hmm. than they do to an owl call or a crow call or a coyote or whatever. Uh, nothing, nothing. I always say calling is everything. Nothing takes the place of good quality calling, sounding like a turkey. Realism hmm. and calling will kill you a lot of turkeys. And then when you hunt these Ozarks, it's it's your setup, and it's like little simple things that people overlook. How many places in our Missouri Ozarks? 
that we all know there's a beautiful big long ridge with spur ridges and there's a beautiful logging road right on top. 99% of the turkey hunters are going to walk right down the top of that logging road, right? Yeah, They're skylighted sure. on both sides. You're right out in the open. Get off the side of the hill where you can see the logging road and the bench and call in those places. Don't go right down the middle of the logging road. Little things like that. But when you hear a turkey gobbling, and if you if if you did your scouting and you roosted the turkey in the hills, I have always, and it's always worked for me, I'd listen to them when I roost a turkey. It's not, roosting the turkey isn't standing back 300 yards here, one goblin, and say, hey, we're good to go in the morning. I want to know what tree he's in and where he flew up from. If he's on a ridge, he comes out a big, long ridge, big, steep ridge, and you got the river down below, and he flies out on the end of that point. The biggest percentage of the time, he's going to pitch back the easiest route the way he flew up into the tree. He's not going to fly off the end of that point down to the river, unless you spook right. him. So why would you set up below him? or off the end of the point, or 300 yards away. Get in tight. Ease in there under the hill and set up on that turkey and let him know you're a hen. And when he flies off, when he drops off that roost, the biggest percentage of the time, he's dropped right that right almost in front of us. And then you yeah. hit that call, and uh, that's that's the way we kill them in, in the Ozarks. It's tight, hand-to-hand combat. Get in tight. Figure out the way they go to roost. And when you move and call, don't get skylighted. And the biggest thing I see turkey hunters today is everybody's in a hurry. Everything's mm-hmm. drive through. Everything's fast. You're on turkey time, squirrel time. You're not on people time. You need to slow down. And my grandpa told me years ago, I, I never forgot that. He said, you need to slow down. You're running to the woods. I remember back in the day where everything, anything you did read when articles came out, guys were running to turkeys. You'd go to set up on a turkey and two guys would go running by you. Everybody was in a hurry and they was bumping a lot of birds. And so you, you got to slow down. Take your time, give the turkey time to work, and just let it happen. Let it unfold. And don't try to mm. push it. Too too big a hurry. Turkey hunters in the Ozarks and everywhere over-evaluate turkey hunting, overthink turkeys. They're thinking this turkey is going to know I'm here, and if I do this call, he'll know I'm a hunter. And all the time, a turkey's out there just being a turkey. He wants a <laughs> girlfriend more than he wants anything with the spring season. But you yeah, got to sure. remember something on spring turkeys. When gobblers respond to hens, most of the hens are on the nest, and you sound like a hen turkey to call the gobbler. That's a really short window of opportunity. And what I learned early on in turkey hunting is that if those gobblers are still grouped together and haven't really broke up yet, like turkeys I heard this morning, Mm -hmm. gobbler yelp. You challenge their pecking order and their social structure. The hen yelp and the cluck of the hen is great when everything's right. Hens are on the nest and gobblers are responding. And especially that's why people kill so many two-year-old gobblers. They're, they're kamikazes, man. They run into that call because yeah, the big gobbler's got birds. all the girls, you know. But if you challenge a gobbler, even with hens, with gobbler yelps, pecking order, uh, real quick story, many, many years ago, I was probably a young teenager, we had a gobbler in, in a field, in a big pasture with, with a bunch of hens, and he was just spinning. And I tried to call the hens. They'd yelp, but they wouldn't come. And we changed positions three or four times, and I kept calling to him. And three jakes come off the end of the ridge there and yelped down there at the end of the field. He folded up, ran down there, whipped all three of them, and ran them off. No so I looked at that guy I was with, and I backed up, and I went around right where those jakes was. I sat down, and I did that jake yelp, and I shot him like 10 feet. No way. He came right so, to you. You know, you adapt your situa- to the situation and you use, you challenge them with pecking order and dominance. And there's a social structure in the turkeys. And what you'll find, and all turkey hunters need to think about good fall turkey hunters. People know how to fall turkey hunt. They make the best spring hunters. They kill turkeys consistently in the spring because they can use fall hunting tactics when the hen yelp isn't working. Mm. 
Mr. Ray, I definitely want to get into, I mean, start to finish how to kill a bird in the Ozarks. But before we go there, can you touch just a little bit on uh, why you think hunting turkeys in the Ozarks is the best? And the reason I say that is Mr. Brad Harris was talking about if you can kill a mature Ozark buck, then you can kill a mature buck anywhere else in the world. And that's kind of always stuck with me as I'm, I'm trying to hunt these mature you know, big timber deer out in the Ozarks. And so would you say that turkey hunting is similar, similar? Yeah, to very similar, very like, similar. If you can kill the, if you can kill the big Tom turkey out in the Ozarks, man, you can turkey hunt anywhere. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. And uh, big mature gobblers, like three, four-year-old gobblers, in the old days, in the 60s and 70s, uh, they weren't killing all these two-year-old birds. Most of the birds we killed were big inch and a half and inch and three-quarters birds, old turkeys, got that deep booming gobble. And it's, it's what I've already been talking about to kill those kind of turkeys, you got to target those turkeys. You got to yeah. target that particular roost that, that particular, or if you can visually see them, if it's a broken open pasture stuff where you can visually watch turkeys and see those old turkeys. But to kill those old turkeys, you got to get in on tight on them and 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 set up on them and use just like I was just talking about. I most of the time on an old gobbler in the, in the spring like that, uh, especially if he's got hens, I'll use the gobbler yelp at him. But you can purr, you can gobbler yelp, but you gotta you gotta understand turkeys and their social structure and especially these old turkeys because he may only mm -hmm. gobble like two times on the roost and then when he flies down he don't need to gobble he's he's got all the girls it depends on yeah. you know the time of the year and he's just going to spit and drum and move and spit and drum and what i used to do in ozars to kill those old turkeys was move underneath like i said earlier underneath the edge of the hill the ridge now i know where i heard turkeys before I know where I heard turkeys gobble in the morning. I know where I heard them in the mid-morning. I know on good gobbling days. Days are not gobbling. To kill those old turkeys, I would get in underneath the edge of the hill and, and hunt every ridge real slow and listen for drumming, listen for hen yelps, and not listen for gobbles. And then if I'd hear drumming, I'd sit down and I'd start purring and clucking, scratching leaves, and do soft yelping and things like that. And then you throw in a couple jake yelps, and I have killed a bunch of old turkeys like that in the yeah. old sark. yeah. Man, that is cool. Drumming is something that, you know, I just have learned about in the last couple of years. Uh, and it's something that, you know, I think a lot of people, if you're, if your ear's not tuned into it and you're not listening for that spitting and that right. drumming, you just won't hear it. But to be able to pick that out of the air and know that that's what that is and key in on that, how, how important is that for you? Very important. Very important. It's hard for me to, I don't hear them like I used to. I'm old, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I could used to be able to hear those I could hear a turkey drum and I knew he was coming because I, and these guys, they couldn't hear it. They weren't attuned to it. They didn't know what it was and they weren't hearing it at all. The hunter I was hunting with, but I could yeah. hear him drumming. And mm -hmm. back years ago, even before Hunter Specialties HS strut, I designed a spit and drum call and was going to come out with it, but it's people wouldn't understand it. And it wouldn't be that much of a use for it. Yeah. Uh, nothing works as good as basic yelping and, and cutting and yelping and, and putting and clucking. Those things work the best, but I have killed, but I will tell you, when you asked me, you asked me the question about that. I have killed big turkeys in the Ozarks by getting under the lip of the hill, getting 25, 30 yards from them and doing a spit and drum just going. And I just take my hand and drag in the leaves. And I have, they have turned and run in and I've killed them like that. Dude. But you can't, you know, not everybody's going to be able to go out and do that. It's like, it's like when they come out with the fighting pur. A fighting pur will work. There's certain times of the year in a cycle seasonality, the wild turkey, when fighting stuff works. Other times mm -hmm. it doesn't, but they're going out there all the time doing fighting purrs, and it doesn't work all the time. But you go back to the basic yelp, the hen, the hen sound, and the gobbler yelp. If you can do basic yelps, you can kill turkeys anywhere in the Ozarks anytime. 
Yeah. Could you demonstrate maybe or just explain kind of the difference between a gobbler yelp and a hen yelp and, and how? Yeah, I've got a, how, I don't know how it sounds. I got a box call sitting here. Yeah. Yeah. Go I ahead. got a cold. I, can't, I got a cold. I can't call my voice and I don't have any mouth calls. But, you <laughs> know, right. you, your basic hen yelp is, is a kind of that rhythm fast where a gobbler, yeah. all, and I, I teach it in my seminars, is just slow your rhythm down and lengthen your yelp. That's a gobbler yelp. And you can mm. you can turn your box call over like this. You hit it like that. I don't know how it sounds on the phone. And and it's funny through the years, you know, when I've uh, been calling either with my diaphragm call or my box or, or a friction call. Well, I have turkey hunters actually tell me, you're calling too slow. You need to speed it up. You know, they don't realize <laughs> I'm doing gobbler yelps. Yeah, right, right. And and so you know you were talking about when when to use that versus a, a traditional hen yelp. So basically, what I'm what I'm gathering is a gobbler yelp. You want to do that because you're challenging the the older toms. Yeah. And and what scenario would you use that versus the hen? You kind of, you maybe kind of said it, but just to kind okay. of recap. All right, I'm gonna go out on a limb here with you guys. About ninety percent of the time, I gobbler yelp more than I ever hen yelp. Really? Oh. Now I I do excited hmm. hens. I'll do a quick hen yelp and cut because. Cutting kills turkeys. Cutting the popping, you know, and I don't, I don't have a mouth call for yeah. that, but you know the yeah, yeah. Cutting kills cutting turkeys. Kills turkeys. And, I, I love and, I, and I've heard heard those wild hens do that, and that, that always got me. I always remember when I said when they people used to say, "Oh, you can't do that. That you're going to scare all the turkeys off. You're going to make the turkeys call shy. Turkeys don't make those sounds." And then you hear the turkey do it. They said, "Go out there and yell three times, really soft, and cluck twice, and wait." 10 minutes by the watch and then you hear a hen out there you know and, and then i just tell them the hens don't wear a watch yeah <laughs> turkeys call how they feel and mm -hmm. listen to the turkeys and they put feeling in their calling and that's what you got to do you got to you got to you know if, if you call the same way every time if you you go out there and you go and you do it every time like that yeah it all sounds the same but if you do That's how turkeys call. Right, right. And, and it makes sense. You're touching on something that I imagine is a pretty common theme through hunting and fishing across really anywhere in the U.S. But if you're looking to kill the dominant male species of whatever you're targeting, it makes sense to it makes sense to push them you a little challenge bit a little and, bit. and challenge, challenge them. them. I mean, Absolutely. You think the guys who are killing big bucks, they're not they're not out there you know, flipping the doe bleat over and over again. They're doing rattling antlers and they're making a bunch yes, of noise exactly. and the aggressive calls. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's what the, that's what the dominant animal of that species is going to come into. Yeah. And, and you can gobble I too. Mean, you I unlock mean, something in my brain that I haven't thought about before is like turkeys do the same thing. So yeah, I sense. killed a lot of turkeys with a Jake gobble. And I, I've got a cold. I probably can't do it, but just, <laughs> you just do a, a quick choppy uh, mm -hmm. at the end of the yell. You know. <laughs> oh, they can't stand that. Yeah. That's these old turkeys. <laughs> I can't Man. do that. Sorry, I'm gonna cough. That's all right. <laughs> Man, that is cool. That is a yeah. I don't think I've ever. So you're saying majority of the time you're gobbler yelping. Yeah, that's that's what I use all the time because biggest percentage of the time that's what's happening. Yeah, I'll hen yelp and yeah, I'll cut and I like sure. to start turkeys. But like like this morning, for instance, down on the in the Ozarks on the Big Piney River, mm -hmm. those gobblers were still grouped together at the end of this long field, kind of half up on the ridge there, and there were some across the river. I hen yelped and a hen opened up at me and she yelled back and everybody kind of gobbled. But when I hit this box call right here and I gobbler yelp, 
they lit up. They yeah. absolutely, the holler just lit up. It was the guy with me was like, wow, what was that? And I said, it's a gobbler yelp. Listen to him down there. And so I just, I just, I, then I turned the call over and I held it up and I was, And those turkeys are pop, 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 all of them. Yeah, down they went crazy. Yeah, because Man, they're all sort, they're sorting it out. You know, they're breaking up and they're sorting it out. Yeah, the social structure among the turkeys. You got them flustered over there. Um. So right. So we were. I've got a story for you here. Kyle and I. We were. Uh. We were out scouting turkeys. Um. Down here in Arkansas, in in Madison County, this last weekend, and we're walking along, and you know, to me, it sounds. We're sitting, you know, you can can convince yourself that anything is a turkey when you're really listening and you're trying to, yeah. like, oh, I think that was a turkey. I think that was something. So yeah. we hear this noise and we're like, that was either a turkey or a bullfrog. And it was the <laughs> oddest sounding <laughs> yelp or just raspy old hen. I don't know. I, I still, you know, don't know. But it, it wasn't until we heard that hen start to cut and purr and cluck and she was doing yeah. some different things. We're like, okay, well, that's obviously turkey, but, you know, the tone, it doesn't seem to matter as much as the cadence. And so when you talk about the gobbler right. yelp versus a hen yelp, you slowed it down. You didn't, mm -hmm. you weren't worried about the tone quite as much. No, that, no. That about right? They all got different voices, just like people. Some are choppy, some are raspy, some are clear. And the same hen will, will start clear and go right into a chop rasp. I mean, they're, yeah. it, it all, they put inflection and feeling in their calling. If they're trying hmm. to call to another turkey, they're not going to be, you know, soft yelping two or three times, they're going to turn it up, turn it on because yeah, they're trying to talking. communicate with another yeah. turkey. And, and as a hunter and a caller, you need to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Will they, uh, will a Tom cut and purr or is that just a hit? Absolutely. Yes. Well, indeed. Them fly down. I've got them on video doing fly down cackles. I got them cutting, mm -hmm. uh, coming into the call cutting. See, I'm, I'm a fall gobbler hunter and I have been for years, both with archery and muzzleloader and shotgun. And, my favorite hunting of wild turkeys is in the fall, and I challenge gobblers in the fall, adult gobblers, and I kill fall adult gobblers. And I've, they gobble in the fall. Me and Bobby Whitehead the, from Outdoor Guide Magazine was just talking about that this morning about in, uh, down on the Big Piney River some years ago. We had five gobblers, 18th of October, in a field, full strut, gobbling all the way into the gun, wow. simply <laughs> from challenging them. And I got it all on video. Yeah. And uh, we have killed a lot of goblin turkeys in the fall and a lot of starting turkeys. You'll see the dominant bird. There'll be eight or nine gobblers in a bunch, and you start getting them worked up, and then they start cutting and start yelping. And you'll see one fan out and one run over and bump him, and then they start purring and fighting and pushing, and you get on the call hard, and then they all start cutting, and then they all break into a gobble, and then they come running in with their beard swinging. That, that's fall turkey hunting. That's real fall that's turkey. Awesome. That's so then as a fall season. turkey hunter, you take that into the spring, and the turkey hunters on a particular spring are going, man, what's wrong with the turkeys? Uh, they're not answering my hen call. And and the guys that fall hunting are just killing the crap out of them, you know, because yeah. they know what to do They've and doing it. what the turkeys are doing at the time. The gobblers were still, it's the same thing like late season when the gobblers, when it's pretty much over and the gobblers are getting back in their groups. And I've, I've followed them year round and videotaped them where the gobblers are pushing and fighting. And the guy that's been strutting all season is now, subordinate and the one that he's been pushing is now in full strut pushing him around after the season you know he's in better shape than the old turkey and you'll even see jake's going after him and i in june and july i videotaped in in fields of a morning uh strutting and fighting and gobbling turkeys man because of the dominance 
because of the social structure. And when today's electronic media, when you turn, put on Facebook and the guy goes, well, they're thinking about it. It's snow on the ground. You see some strutters. It's nothing to do with mating. They're strutting to show dominance to the other gobblers in the group. Yeah. And they do it year round. They do it all the time. And you use that as a turkey hunter to kill turkeys in the Ozarks anywhere. You use that factor, dominance and pecking order, to kill turkeys more mm-hmm. so than hen yelping. Yeah, way more than sex drive. It makes sense. It makes man. a lot of sense. Man, and, that is and, cool. and Missouri has a fall turkey season. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. That's so the years. Those... It's not as popular. People don't understand fall turkey hunting. Uh, Back in the early days, our fall seasons were tremendous. You know, they were killing 30,000 birds. Now they're killing 4,000 turkeys. Nobody's participating. Everybody's ate up with white-tailed deer, souped up billy yeah. goat. You know? you know, I'm thinking about my 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 Arkansas Ozarkans who are sitting here going, "We don't have a tall fall turkey season." So it's it's a guy. Yeah, you know, turkey, I've been a deer hunter uh, my entire life, but I got to tell you, hunted, but. you guys mentioned deer. I can't tell you how much fun I have on my radio programming uh, with our deer hunters because you know everybody labels me as a turkey hunter, and I've been a deer hunter too. Sure. I, I called a deer on my radio show. <laughs> I, I have so much fun with these guys. Brush carp. <laughs> brush carp. I said, y'all out hunting the brush carp today? Oh, oh my. No. It lights them up. Oh, the brush carp. <laughs> oh, man. I bet they got out. I said, you that. guys are trashing. Anybody can stand up in a tree like a hoot owl and shoot a souped up billy goat when he stumbles by. Get down there and try to kill a long beard galver. <laughs> uh, it makes people mad. I love it. fun. Oh, that's great. I love it. Uh, Ray, you talked about um, finding a roost, getting in tight. How do you, how do, you do that here? And maybe talk, go into a little more detail on, on how exactly you, you get in so tight on a roost and how you locate not just, oh, they're on this region, but I want to find this tree. I'm looking for okay. this. It kind of during season. Of I got hundreds of examples, but I'll give you one. Uh, I can give you several, but I'll give you one. I had an, an outdoor media personality. See, because I started guiding the editors and the and the outdoor writers from all the ma- magazine in the old days, the magazines, your outdoor life, your field stream, your American hunter. Those were the that's how we educated turkey hunters and put turkey hunting articles together by having big media camps and bringing those guys in and guiding them and teaching them. And then they kill a turkey and do an article and shoot photos. And I'm talking early enough where they were shooting Kodachrome 64 slides for photos. How this world has changed. And this particular hunter that I had on this hunt. There was a old field in the bottom and a creek ran through it and there's a big ridge went up and there's two ridges, three ridges came together on top. Okay. Okay. And up there on that ridge, this old gobbler would come out that ridge and gobble up on that point to call the hens. Right. And I'd been scouting them from a distance. We would not, we would use the turkey call to locate them, but we didn't go in and, and push turkeys. When I had 20 outdoor media people in on 1400 acres we would call from the roads but nobody went in nobody pushed these turkeys and when we go to an area to hunt we'd set them up to kill a turkey then nobody would hunt that for two days we had turkeys gobbling the entire season and neighbors were coming in why do you still have turkeys gobbling it's not the calling it's the people pressure Hmm. and because we kept the pressure off this particular hill that i was going to take this editor in to hunt this turkey I roosted that turkey, and this is how I did it. I went across the creek, and I went up early and sat down on the ridge. I, I'd heard him on the roost several times, so I knew the area that he was he was roosting. And I sat there, and I waited. Now, while I was there, I heard a hen. She was terrible. And I listened to her, and everybody would gobble at her. It was funny. So I had a slate, corncob slate, and I could imitate her squeaky, squawky sound. Yeah. And uh, everybody, all the turkeys, I could, I'd do a regular yelp, nothing happened. I'd hit that slate, sound like her, everybody gobbled. 
So she must have been just a nasty girl because they all like her. They like your voice. <laughs> they so all I, I already made up my mind I was going to use this hen call. I was going to flush her out of there. So I went up there and I heard him coming down, down the ridge and I watched him fly up. And he flew up on a big limb and he was drumming on the limb and he gobbled twice. And I waited till dark and I slipped out. Mm-hmm. So the next morning when I brought my hunter in, we came in through the bottom, parked about a quarter mile from there, walked up the cre- edge of the creek. We got up in the woods. This guy thought I'd lost my mind. I made him take his boots off. Took his boots off, and we slipped in the dark real slow. Yeah. And I set him up. I set him up just under that turkey, just up the hill from that turkey, like probably 50 yards from the roost. Wow. Okay. Now, he's sitting there, and I loaded his gun and gave his gun. And I told him to point it right there. It started getting light. I did a like a great horn. I can't do it. I'm just going to sore throat. And I could hear him drumming on the limb. But see, this guy, he didn't, you said earlier, he didn't know what drumming was. The yeah. other turkey started gobbling. And I waited until it got light and I took that little slate call. I went, squeak, squeak, like that. Man, he blew it out. You ought to see my hunter. <laughs> he blew it out. I mean, he turned on the limb and gobbled right at us. And then no. you hear him drumming. He gobbled like three or four times. And then you heard the, heard the wings. And he pitched down and landed like 10 feet in front of this guy. And he shot oh him. Oh, my gosh. And that, that, that hunt, and then he sat down with me and interviewed me and asked me how I did that, and I told yeah. him how I did that hunt. And I've done hundreds <laughs> of hunts like that. Man, and then people tell me you can't it. do that. I've been in, I've been in camps where my biggest enemy is the outfitter. When you shoot television, you got three days to shoot television. You've never been in there in your life, and they tell you you can't do that here because they don't like that. They're call shy. You can't call to them. They don't like to be roosted. And then we go in there, we got to get a TV show. And, uh, oh, man, I've been running. I've been kicked off of places because i was calling too much i mean it's unbelievable i mean listen to wild turkeys yeah i don't care how many times they yelp that's crazy man how do you know when you're like too close i mean obviously you know you said you set him up at 50 yards what's your line that you said i i don't know i I don't know if i got a line it all depends on the terrain and the turkey and uh real turkeys that's one of the reasons that works so well because real turkeys are close to each other when they call and if you're if, if you were at 200 yards from that roosted turkey, you'd have never killed him because he'd have flew down and got with all them hens and had been gone and you wouldn't have gotten nothing. Yeah, the hen, he the other hens you. were yelping behind us, actually, mm-hmm. around the edge of the hill. And they would have come to him. They were going to come to him. But we killed him before they could do any of that. And we've done that many times. I've, I've, I've went into the ridge at a guy from New York, never seen it. And I took my mouth call, pop, 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 pop. he gobbled. And we listened to him gobble going out of ridge. And then we heard him fly up off the end of that ridge. So after he flew up, I left that guy there and I went up on the road. I stayed under the hill and I eased up toward the end and I could see scratching all the way out that ridge and then scratching stopped. And then I looked out on the end of the hill and I could see him on a limb out there. And there was a little open area right at the end of that road. So Mm -hmm. I backed out of there. Next morning, I took my guy in, went to the edge of that road, eased up right where that little clearing was off the side of the road, a big oak tree right there and sitting there and heading pointing his gun up the hill. And at daylight, I just did, you know, just, a little bit of yelp and not much, you know, tree call stuff. I just waited. He just rocked on a limb pitch and dropped right in the middle of the road. Boom, 20 yards. He was done. Whereas if you'd have been 200 yards from that turkey, you wouldn't have killed him either. Yeah. Yeah, they've got too much to get distracted with by the time yeah. they And other hunters, other hunters are set up on that bird. When they hear him gobble, they'll come in from below, and then they'll sit down down there 100 yards on a bench and yelp at him, you know, and then he pitches on the ridge the way he flew up and goes on with the hens. Yeah. And if you find strutting areas, I've always been a believer in strutting areas. I call it where they do the dance. You find out where they do the dance, 
and you go straight to those points. That's the other thing I forgot to tell you while I go for these old turkeys. You find out where these big old turkeys are, are doing the dance, where they do the strutting for the hens, and you sit up there. I had one on a glade. We had a lot of, you know, we got glades in the Ozarks. Sure. And we had an old turkey that three different mornings we was on that turkey, and he went, and I was, I guess I was the only one that paid any attention to notice where he'd go. And the guys were saying, man, he's cold. So I, I yelped at him. He went the other way. And I listened to him where he went. And I went up there and looked at it that afternoon. And it was a beautiful glade up high where everybody could hear him, you know. And so I went up there before daylight. And there was a log. A tree had blown down. And I laid down behind that log. And I heard him up there gobble. And the other turkeys gobbling. I called a little bit. And I just laid there. It wasn't long. I seen the hens coming up. Hens came out, started preening them, started coming across that glade. I called. The hens called. He gobbled. I seen him strut. Sun was just starting to come he come in there about 20 yards right on that open glide glade. And I just raised up my gun, boom, and smoked him because oh. I went to where he was going to strut and he was over inch and a half spurs. Wow. That's a stud. The, the strut zones, maybe, maybe talk a little bit about how to find that. Obviously you're, you listen and you kind of went to an area where you thought he might be. What, yeah. In watching terms and of listening to the turkeys, watching them. If you got the opportunity to watch them, see the biggest problem. And a lot of the Ozarks, it's, it's all timber and you can't, watch it but where they got glades if there's a good open glade that's one place edges of fields there's an old field on my grandpa's old place that long as i can remember there's always a turkey on that knob the little hump up there right off the glade mm. creek on one side split rail fence on the other three ridges come down together right on that point they're always strutting on that point and i killed turkeys there my dad killed a turkey there you know all my relations killed turkeys right there just but what i do and i like i go to massachusetts new england i'll just use that for example because we're talking about the ozarks but what i learned in the ozarks the lessons i learned on turkey hunting in the hills in missouri and in northwest arkansas i took with me to other states i went to mm -hmm. massachusetts new england and hunted those turkeys in the timber off those fields just like i hunt missouri turkeys and killed turkeys went out and roosted them got tight did everything and I used a turkey call. I stood in the road. I parked my rental car. I had a rental car because I flew in on an airplane. And the other guys were at the bar eating dinner and drinking beers. And I'm not roosting turkeys. And I used my mouth call. And I gobbled, yelped, and hen yelped, and cut and listened to them gobble until they flew up. Then I went in the edge of that field and went around to the edge of the ridge and found the trees they were in. And they had went to the corner of a field and flew up. And below them was, was water, was a pond, a swamp okay. area, you know, a beaver yeah. pond. And it was real thick. And I looked at that and I said, man. This, and we could hunt there. We had permission to hunt there. And I said, I can't believe I found this. And so I went back with those guys, and they were and they were telling me, guys, they were telling me, they were arguing when I got there about what's more important, woodsmanship or calling. And the guy I was hunting with said, calling's only 10%, woodsmanship's 90%. And I had to listen to that all night. Anyway, I took him hunting the next morning. <laughs> took him hunting the next morning. And I done already did all that calling to find this turkey. And, uh, we got in on that turkey and, and moved him in there and set him up, and I didn't call. The turkey gobbled on the roost. He gobbled again, and I didn't move in. You know, I had I had like five days to hunt. I knew I was going to hunt with this guy, but I had to teach him a lesson. I was pretty brutal, pretty cruel, actually. <laughs> and we was, we was by a rock wall, you know, an old rock wall and some old trees, and he was by a, a, a big old tree there. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I can't think of the name of the tree right now, but anyway, I usually tell you the name of the tree, but I can't think of it. Right. Anyway, he was on a tree and that turkey gobbled and he pitched down right in the corner of the field where he flew up from. And the guy says, uh, and then he, another turkey started gobbling and he started moving that way. And he says, aren't you going to call? I said, no, call is not important. And I said, you know what? You better hurry up and put some woodsmanship on him. He's fixing to leave. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Put some woodsmanship, put on some him. woodsmanship on him. That's awesome. 
but we good. killed because what I found, I'll give you an example, that's the same. I can take that same scenario and put it in the Ozarks. What I found that, that evening and where that turkey was at after that hunt in that area, that place, I can't tell you how many turkey gobblers were killed there in that spot because they'd come in and roost in that spot. And the same thing, the Ozarks. I went back a few years ago to a place where I killed a turkey. Me and my buddy killed turkeys like 30, 40 years ago in the Ozarks. And they hadn't timbered it or nothing. It was the same. We went to the same spot, actually set the same tree and killed a turkey. No way. Yeah. That's it's interesting. Im- it's important to know your spots, Habitat hadn't guess. changed. Habitat yeah, hadn't that's... changed. It was the same. Yeah. Um, on that note, with, with Habitat... You're talking about ridges. You're talking about where ridges connect and points and knobs and, and glades and stuff like that. What might be some other kind of uh, features of, of landscape that you look for? You know, people in deer hunting, they always talk about, you know, look for a saddle or, um, you know, look for where the where the points and the, the fingers connect on a ridge. Um, is it similar? Are you looking for kind of travel corridors or is it is it is it a little bit different? Not so much as travel corridors. Uh, gobblers want to be seen and heard and display but if you find what i always like to say if you find nesting cover i'll use my grandpa's old farm for example okay there's an old field an old field there's a creek then there's like a cedar big cedar break bunch of cedars and briars and stuff and there's an old growth over field and then there's timber ridges and there's a creek there, there's a spring there's like four different types of habitat in one area right there there's always yeah. turkeys there Diversity. there's good nesting there's good cover, and there's a good place for the gobbler to display and strut and call hens, and everything's there. If you just go just to one ridge in the middle of a ridge, it's hit or miss, you know? You got to yeah. find out. I, I used to I used to tell turkey hunters it's a lot like fishing on a lake. You could go in the Ozarks to Johnson Mountain, and you can lay out a map, or you can stand there and look at the vastness of those hills, okay? But there's only certain areas in them hills right there that we're looking at that holds turkeys and have for years. Mm-hmm. And I, I go straight to those locations where I've always hunted and heard and seen turkeys. There's other areas around those hills that I honestly, you know, when you really think about it, I've never heard a turkey there in, in yeah. one particular ridge or one particular spot. There's certain areas that hold those turkeys. It's got everything that they need. And you, you tune in on those on my topo map. I marked all the places for years that we roosted turkeys where we killed turkeys where we heard turkeys, and you can see it on the map. There's different areas where there's nothing on that map. And other areas, I can go I can go this spring, this turkey season, if they haven't clear-cut it, they clear-cut a lot of my mountain. I can go to a spot that I hunted 30 years ago, just like I mentioned long, and and I promise you, we go there and stop, and at daylight, we're going to hear a turkey. Yeah, you'll find some birds. So with that diversity of habitat being important, where you, you kind of have some different things to that it would – a turkey would need that would keep them there in that one area yeah. in terms of like maybe your properties that you own or, or where you hunt. Is that something that you actually take part in managing the land and kind of like yeah. Im- improving yourself? What, what's yeah, important yeah, to you in plot, that? You know, you know, food plots, uh, you mow uh, old roadbeds, but you leave the cover around the edges of the fields, lots of food plots, small food plots off the end of ridges. We went in and cleared, timber off the end of a ridge at a big holler and, and put a food plot in there. Mm. But these old roads that we put in, we keep it wide enough to be able to drive through, but on the edges is blackberry bushes and briars and bambles. We don't clean it all up. Yeah. And like in the old days, we keep the fence rows with cover in it instead of clearing it all off. 
You know, when they started clearing out pasture for cattle, that really hurt the turkeys in, in, in the Ozarks like that because they'd clear all the timber and make it all dirt down to grass all the way up underneath the fence. There was no cover, no nothing for anything. Yeah. And in places that we hunt and some of the ground that we have down there, that's what we do is to make the habitat. You got to have nesting cover. You got to have cover to hide the baby turkeys. And you got to have food and water, nesting cover, and you got to have places for these turkeys to live. And if you clear it all off, you're not going to have that. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Down here, you know, Washington County, Benton County, up here in extreme northwest Arkansas, that you can see actually how they have the, the seasons laid out and, and the limits. You know, this these two counties are zoned differently. Primarily, you have the urban sprawl, but then you also have the cattle mm-hmm. um, out towards like Siloam and kind of eastern yeah. or west western. And it's it is because the habitat just doesn't exist, like you said. And, and they right. have there's so few They've eliminated it. And, and I see that a lot in the Ozarks. Uh, some of the farms that we used to hunt were great turkey hunting. We had a place we called the Killing Tree. If you needed somebody to kill a turkey, we saved it all season. We had 15 people come in, they fly him in in a jet, and you take them out and you do all the hunt. And we got one guy who ain't got a turkey, but you could always take him to the Killing Tree and kill a turkey. They dozed not only the Killing Tree over every tree in there, there's nothing there but Bob War now. So, mm-hmm. you know, it absolutely that's destroyed a, a beautiful place, both for whitetail and for turkey. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. Mr. Ray, you talked a little bit about. Tom turkeys want to be seen. They want to strut. They want to, you know, yep. they want to be heard. All that. Say you're talking to a novice turkey hunter. It's their first season. They're a late onset hunter. That kind of thing. They're trying to figure figure it out for the first time. What's your recommendation as far as public land? Uh, you get out of oh, the okay. truck. Where do you start? Do you start in top third of the ridge? First you thing you the do top of the mountains. Where, where are you starting? First thing you do if you find public land, you stay away from the parking areas. You stay away from the main roads. If you can get a map, I always use Topo maps. I'm old. I still use Topo maps more than I use these phones and all this electronic oh, stuff. The best. And you look at a Topo map, and and I've done this for years, both mm-hmm. in North Missouri and in the Ozarks. And I find access that nobody else is using, and I find the most remote areas, and I go in and scout those areas. There's some in down in uh, Shannon County. There's some state ground and Ozark River scenic riverways, and some national forest that kind of comes together. On the state ground, there's an old road that goes up by a, a, a house. It looks like the driveway. Nobody uses it. They don't know that it's a public access. Instead of going to the parking area and going in to hunt with all that competition, you go in the back way, away from all that, and you find the most remote areas. Back in this particular uh, state ground, there's beautiful ridges, and they, they had some uh, uh, little watering holes, and there were some food plots and stuff in there. But nobody was coming in from the backside, and I found that in several, many of those places. And there was a place in North Missouri where there's state forest, and everybody's parked along the road, and everybody's in there hunting, but they're not going that deep. You go around the backside on a no-county road, and, and there's a little pull-off, and the fence, when you cross the fence, you're on state ground, and you walk down a long ridge, and you're in the backside of this, and never seen another person there and killed a lot of turkeys in there. Get away from people. Scout it. Scouting is so important. I can't tell you how much... And I've heard people tell me over, over the years, uh, no, I ain't going roosting. That's a waste of time. Roosting kills turkeys. Roosting yeah. turkeys. If you're going to hunt public ground, find the turkeys and roost the turkey and be tight on that turkey, and you're going to kill turkeys. But mm. be away from everybody else. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. When it comes to – I know we're, we're hitting a lot of different stuff. Obviously, you've got a wealth of information, and um, you know we want to glean some of that as much as we can. When it comes to calling, maybe – Talk me through 
early morning throughout the day, kind of the stages of what, what gobblers do, how those toms act kind of throughout the day as they come down from the tree? Say you're not in tight and you, you don't know exactly where they're at. Yeah. How, how does the progression of the day look like? Well, it, it all de- it all depends on the seasonality, the cycle of turkey, and the time of year. You, you adapt your hunting style and how you approach the hunt depending on what the turkeys are doing in that particular place at that particular time. That's something mm-hmm. that turkey hunters have to learn. If you always have the mindset that you're just going to hen yelp and cluck and set and wait, you're not going to kill a lot of turkeys. So you have to adapt. When you go into a place, hopefully the turkeys will tell you what's going on by listening and hearing turkeys. And if you're not hearing any turkeys, that's tough. you got to look for sign and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you're not set up on one early, you, you set up and you listen to turkeys. When I go to a new place, or someplace I've never been, the first thing I'm going to do is use my call and try to locate turkeys and find out what's going on. Where are the turkeys? Where do they go? Where do they go when they leave the roost? Okay, if I'm not in on the roost, but I hear one on the roost, okay, he flew down. Where did he go? Yeah. He's got to be going someplace. And I try to learn that. And if I hear him gobbling going to the left, let's say going west, then I, I know I'm not going to set up on the east side of him. If I'm going to learn this area, I'm going to go on the west side where he's going. Now, you know, turkeys are turkeys. You may go on the west side, he'll go on the east side. That happens sometimes. <laughs> sure. But a lot of times, turkeys aren't gobbling. But if you go into a place and you've scouted it, that's why scouting is important. And me and me and both of you guys heard this these turkeys gobbling these two different areas. And then we went in there. We didn't get to roost them. We don't know where they're roosted. But we heard them in there gobbling before. We know they live there. You go yeah. straight to those places and you sit down and you be really quiet and then you start calling. Mm. And then if you don't, Call them in there, and I hate to put a time on it because turkeys don't wear watches, 30, yeah. 40 minutes, and then get up and move slow. Don't get in a hurry. Move slow. Go 200, 300 yards, sit down and do it again. Mm-hmm. And go through that hunting area where you've heard turkeys previously, and even on a new area, just move and call, move and call. You will be surprised how many gobblers you'll call up that won't even gobble, just walk up on you. And if you mm-hmm. go all the way to the end of the ridge, let's say this big three or four ridges come together, and you stop like eight times and you didn't hear nothing, Turn around, go back, and sit in those same spots hmm. and call. And we have killed a bunch of turkeys going back, sit down at a spot real quiet, get ready, you ready, and hit a call. Bow, he's right there. Is that just because they're coming to the place they're, where they're they heard coming, you before? Yeah. They heard you there before, and they're coming to the – you did either – a lot of times, and I'm old anymore, a lot of times you don't hear them. You're in the middle of calling a gobble, or they gobble way off. And I've seen that because my brother and, and several people – over the years, and I, I don't know, how, I could tell you a hundred of them, but one of them was on the Big Piney River, and there's a big bluff. And my brother and his friend was pulled into the bluff and was looking for us. And they looked way down in the, across the river in the field and saw me and my hunter going up the edge of that field in the edge of the woods and sat down and started calling. Now I'm over there calling with my buddy, and he's looking around, and I'm stopping, I'm listening, I don't hear nothing, I call nothing, call nothing. We wanted to try these guys about 10 o'clock because we'd been hearing them up there. Mm-hmm. We called nothing. And I said, You hear anything? He said, No. So we got up, and we walked out, and went back down, we we're going to go someplace else. When I saw my brother and his buddy, he said, that turkey answered you every time was running to you guys. He'd come up out of the valley, across the river. He flew across the river. He came up the creek. He was almost into the field when you guys started walking out. Wow. But see, we didn't even hear him. Yeah. Just no because idea. he was gobbling He gobbled you every yelping. time I was calling and we didn't hear him. Yeah. Man. That makes you feel like a dumb turkey hunter. <laughs> yeah. But we've all done that. <laughs> yeah, we've sure. all done that. I'm sure we have some stories like that. But, no, you know, I don't know there, it. So. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a ridge down there off the Big Piney River that that I have learned about the turkeys there in, in the fall or the spring. Mm-hmm. If I want to take a hunter in to kill a gobbler, 
I go past the fields. I go past the lower ridges. I go up an old logging road, get on top, road meets another road. You go right. We don't walk down the top of the ridge. We stay off the side of the hill and move up. And right where that ridge comes up and there's a little bench, I'll set somebody down right there and spring and fall for the last 15 years, always kill a gobbler there. Really? Those things you learn. Yeah. Those guys that have the farms that they hunt all the time, I promise you Brad Harris knows where to set kill a gobbler in places that he hunts. And right. so does Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. Even Ralph was just, when we talked to him last week and he was just talking about, I mean, he's got turkeys on his property. He's hearing them and scouting them year round and he can yeah. hear them off his porch. And, you know, he just right. knows, oh, well, they're here at this time of day and this time of season, they're over there. And, you know, I know where they go in between. And, you know, See, he's you, telling you exactly what I've been telling you. Exactly. He's telling you exactly by knowing what time of day and what they're doing and which direction they're traveling. Yeah. Which you may not call that scouting because he lives on the property, but sure. it is scouting. Like, you know, you think about the yeah. guy who's like, I don't have, I don't have a, a farm in the middle of the Ozarks and I can't go figure this out. And yeah. It, you know, to your yeah. point, Mr. Ray, it's like, well, go out in the woods and learn what they're doing. Yeah. Like if you yeah. want to be serious about killing a turkey on public land, get out there and, and figure it out before you're allowed to hunt or as you're allowed to hunt, but go, go see where they are. Yeah. Learn, spend learn the time. Birds, that kind of thing. I, so. I tell all the new hunters to slow down. Get some patience, but learn how to call and don't mm -hmm. be afraid to call. And I, what is calling too much? What is calling too loud? I don't know. What, what do hen turkeys do? What, are, what, are, what are, how do gobblers call? But learn to call. Uh, too many hunters are not very good on a call. And I'm telling you, when you sound like a turkey, you will call more turkeys. I was a call designer, a call builder. I manufactured calls. And we did so much research. We'd go out on a river bluff where it was roosted turkeys and do different calls. And I'm telling you, out of 10 calls, there was one call that would light everybody up. Yeah. And that's the call that we would do. I had a call one spring. We were just talking about this. I built a mouth call. And I don't know how many camps I went to, but I went to New York, Massachusetts. Uh, oh, I don't know. Alabama. We did Florida. I think we did New Mexico that year. It doesn't matter how many. And every place I went. And I wanted to tell you guys, it just popped in my head. I had this mouth call and I had these other mouth calls that guys had heard me call on. And I'd call on one of the older ones. And I was, what do you guys, man, that's that. How can I do that? Yelp? Okay. Tell me what you think of this call. And I blew that call and nobody liked it. Every camp I went to, they go, nah, nah. And so I blew it in a contest. Didn't any score. Yeah. Hens would literally fly to that call. Gobblers <laughs> would slobber. And, and I was with Rick Story at that time. He was with the, the uh, Sportsman's Alliance. And we were in Massachusetts. We was in a truck. And we was driving up a gravel road. And I, I said, what do you think of this call? And I blew it. And he said, nah, I, don't, I like your other call better. I said, but, but listen, we're going to stop a couple places to see the turkeys do. And this is yeah. where I'm going with this to tell you. We were standing next to the truck with the door. And I cut and yelped on that mouth call. And Hen started yelping on a big ridge. She flew down and landed on a limb over the top of the truck, was pacing up and down the limb, cutting at us. No way. And he saw that. Rick Story was right there with me, or I would have never told a soul. Oh and when God. we got up to what they call the Clam Dam there in Massachusetts, there was a turkey three, 400 yards away. And Tom Hooker wrote an article about this turkey. He put it in Outdoor Life. He called him the Kamikaze. And I I hit that call, and that turkey started gobbling, started coming. And he just kept coming and kept coming. And I said, that, that turkey's nuts. Yeah. And uh, – I said, we need to get out of here because we, we couldn't hunt that day. So anyway, we got out. The next morning, we go in there and we parked below the hill from where we left that turkey goblin. We up to, he was roosted in a dead tree over the road <laughs> where we waiting. were calling. <laughs> he was waiting and Tom Hulker looked at me and goes, I'm going to call him the kamikaze. I said, sit down right here. 
We was about 70 yards down the hill. And I hit that call. He hit that road and ran to us and town killed him. Oh, my goodness. Well, you it was one, one call. And I had that call for, for a couple of years, and I've never <laughs> been able one to duplicate it exactly. But I got yeah. several that are close, and the reaction to the turkeys is like, okay, we get out of we, we we come to a spot where there's turkeys down the river, and, and we do a call, and a couple of them gobble. Yeah. You do a different call, do a class call. There's one over there. There's one over there. And I go, you guys ready? Watch this. And I'd hit that call, and the hens would light up. All up and down the river. It's just, it's amazing. It's oh my because goodness. it sounded like a turkey. Yeah. Golly. They thought it was a turkey. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you something then on that. You said it's a, it's a super important. You got to know how to call. How does somebody learn to call in your mind? Where do you start? Do you start with a box call? Do you start with a diaphragm? Do you go to the slate? What, like, how do you start? start? What would you recommend? The easiest is a box call because it's all connected. You just pull across the edge and a glass or a slate call, you know, two pieces and, put it on the surface and, and call it. You got to learn. There's so much. When, I, when we were doing this, there was no information. People wouldn't even tell you anything back in the day. Everything was a secret. And one of the first articles I seen on turkey hunting was like in sports field or probably field and stream in, in the, in the uh, late sixties, early seventies was the first time I ever seen an article about that. So, mm. but now just turn on the internet. It was, there's, there's 3000, Videos on there, how to use a mouth call. There's 10,000 mm -hmm. on how to use a slate call. There's 100,000 on how to use a box call. But if you can find somebody that's that's experienced turkey hunter, that's been hunting turkeys for some years, and uh, have them teach you and coach you, especially if you if you have the opportunity to find somebody that, that's already turkey hunting, that's your best teacher. Because yeah. they, they, can, they can not only teach you how to use the call, but if you get the opportunity to go to them, they can show you some things to do in the woods right. with your calling. Actually, yeah, actually put it to But there's all but, kinds of information out there now. Didn't used yeah. to be, and and people used to lie to you. I mean, when I was twelve years old, one of my grandma's neighbors killed a turkey, and I wanted to find out how he killed turkeys. Grandma took me over there; he wouldn't tell me nothing. He said, "Oh, you know, uh, yep, a couple times he ran in and I shot him. That's all he told me." Yeah, no, everything was a detail. secret, just a different world. Yeah, yeah. Now, now all the information is everywhere, and and whether it's true or not, people are putting out information and yeah, <laughs> telling it like it is. I mean, it's called the information age. Yeah, so it makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can listen to the Ozark podcast. Mister, listen to Mister Ray. I do yeah. his do his calling. The the master of the Ozark turkey, but we have the truth. So so the box call is where you'd start. It just because yeah. it is kind of it's the, the easiest entry to level. use, and it's it's it sounds like a turkey. Yeah. If you back away from a good box call in the woods and listen to it, it sounds like a turkey. Yeah, it's easy to use and you don't have, to, you know, I, I actually I've had a couple of the outdoor media guys uh, tell me, says, you know, that's great on your diaphragm call, but we can't sound like that. So I shot like four television shows and like a couple of DVDs just using box and a slate and a glass showing them how I use those because everybody yeah. can use those. And and they were they was very, very popular, worked very well. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um Ray, talk to me a little bit about, I know you've got several different books. You're the author of several different books. Um, maybe just talk me through if someone's kind of entry level or, or they're wanting to learn more about turkey hunting, what, what would be, obviously all three kind of go into turkey hunting tactics and stuff like that, but where would you start? You know, maybe just walk us through what the different options people can read your stuff um, and different things that you've written. Well, the Turkey years. Hunter's Bible, my my latest book is is more to date with today's turkey hunters. And I think I, I would even start there. I mean, my earlier book, uh, Practical Turkey Hunters Strategies, I can't even find it anymore. These 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 uh, publishers, they they sell and change and whatever. But if you yeah. can find a copy of Practical, it's more the basics. 
practical okay. turkey hunting strategies. It's more the basics, the scouting. Uh, it's got spring and fall uh, setups and how to call. My my turkey hunter's Bible is 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 more intense and more of what I've had to deal with. Me as a professional in the outdoor industry and turkey hunting, doing television shows and media hunts and things, things that I had to deal with. That if you could learn from the things that I had to deal with, you'll be a better turkey hunter. And in that also we cover the call shy thing and about calling a lot about the calling and, and what has worked for us, you know, and, 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 you know, I got some stories in there, some of my story times, but the response from the public of my latest book has just been incredible. Yeah. It's just, it's just been amazing. Uh, the DVDs, you know, the, all this media stuff has changed. You know, we did the VHS tapes. Yeah. We did cassette oh, yeah. tape for audio. Then we did the VHS tapes and then the DVDs and the CDs. Now you can't already give a DVD away, but I, I'm still selling some of those. Yeah. Uh, now everything's, you know, just click on something and whatever. I need to be updated, I guess. But uh, my DVDs have done real well. Uh, all Everything that I do is instructional. I, I'm a teacher. I'm not, it's not about me. It's not about me mm-hmm. being a hero. It's not about how many turkeys I can kill. I get asked all the time how many turkeys I kill. I have no idea. And I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't count turkeys. Yeah. Uh, it's got nothing to do with what I do. But if any of my materials that's out there is teaching and sharing with others, mm-hmm. like I do with my seminars, it's all about teaching. Yeah. And, and, and the response from the public, when I go to the Turkey Federation National Convention or I'm at a show someplace, the, the turkey hunters that come up, it's, it's just amazing. It's incredible. I mean, I'm, I'm honored. I'm flattered. Some of the stuff people say to me that uh, I had no idea. You know, I said, I'm still just me and I like to turkey hunt. I like yeah. to share turkey hunting and I like to have fun. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I want to tell all my turkey hunters more than anything. Have fun when you do it. Don't take it so serious. Mm-hmm. I see these guys all frumpled up, all mad on TV. What, what are they mad about? You get yeah. to go turkey hunting. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's easy to get too much in your head and psyched out and get frustrated and, you know, not have the patience because it is It is so exciting and it is so fun and interactive to to talk with these birds and yeah. try to get them to come to you, try to sneak up on them. So I understand the excitement. Right. It's hard to be patient, but, yeah, it's like yeah. it's a good reminder to just relax, have fun, yeah. get on tur- get on turkey time. Enjoy the woods. All my stuff's out there. It's easier than doing my website. I'd rather them go to Midwest Outdoors, Turkey Call Supply, you know, things like that. Just Google, put Google Ray Eye Turkey and all the stuff come up. You'll see DVDs. You'll see all my mm. stuff and you'll see uh, the places where they sell it. My book's everywhere. So, but uh, Midwest Turkey Call Supply, they do a great job with my stuff and it's so easy to order from there and they're great people. They're turkey hunters like all of us and and, uh, you know, I, I would rather send people there to buy my stuff than, than buy it direct from me. Yeah, absolutely. And and you've also, you've got a radio show, right? Yes, sir. I'm going on 25 people, years. Yeah. How do people find that if, if they don't already know? What do they listen KF, to? KFNS 590 The Fan. Okay. Got KFNS 590 The Fan. We've been in St. Louis. We've been doing this show since uh, 1999. Uh, we've, we've had a two-hour show. We're back to a one-hour show. Probably going to go back to another two-hour but that's a long time, and I'm on uh, KSGM 980 out of Perryville, too, and it's also 105.3 FM. But uh, you can just Google that in anywhere. You'll see it, and uh, all my podcasts, all my shows are on there. There's several years of shows on there, and we have a lot of fun. It's a fast-paced show with a lot of energy. We, we go a lot of different directions and have a lot of fun. I love it. I love it's it. It's like people tell me all the time. They said, tell me about this radio. I said, oh, live radio. There's nothing like it. I said, they send in food, lots of food. I, 
get great guests. I've been in the industry. I've been in the industry for years, so I know everybody. You know, I get Waddy along, whoever, you know. I get yeah. all these different guests, Strickland. I get everybody on the show, and that's fun, too. And we have a great time. And then they give me money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you got it figured out. That's awesome, Ray. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we we've really enjoyed it, and and um, honestly, it's been a it's been a privilege just to get to hang out with you, just knowing your your background and just the uh, the accolades that you've kind of mm-hmm. uh, that you've achieved over the years. And you know, even even Google, I was googling you, at kind of researching our interview, and Google says you are the most famous turkey hunter in the world. So God bless Google. <laughs> God bless Google, man. So we sorry it's, guys, I got a little long winded on this on you, but. No, we well, love we, talking about it. We love yes, talking. Sir, so awesome. thank you so much. We we appreciate you, Ray. You're welcome, guys. Thank you. Be All safe right. out there, everybody. Have fun. Enjoy those wild turkeys. It's a great resource. And man, we got to keep our hunting and our outdoor heritage going and take those kids hunting. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. That's yes, right. Sir. All right. We'll talk to you later, Ray. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. This podcast is hosted by Kyle V and Kyle Plunkett and produced by Daniel Matthews. For guest recommendations, episode ideas, and general questions, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or email us at theozarkpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, we love making this show and being able to offer this podcast to y'all for free. But if you're listening and you want to support the Ozark Podcast to allow us to travel even further and meet more interesting people, head over to our Patreon and sign up to join our most loyal listeners. Let me tell you, these folks are 100% certified Ozarkins. And, of course, we can't forget to thank our good buddy, J.D. Clayton, for providing the amazing music for today's episode. Check out his website to see where he's touring next at jdclaytonofficial.com. Now, sit back and enjoy his song, American Millionaire. Well, I'm on the road. Now I